are listening to The Ladies Room. I am Iris St. Moran. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. So by day, we are television news anchors at competing stations. But in real life, we are the best of friends. All right. So tell our listeners why we chose The Ladies Room. Well, it's a place where you get yourself together, maybe fix your hair and makeup, tell a secret. Ladies know what I mean. Girl, you definitely know I know what you mean. So you're going to hear phenomenal stories from phenomenal women across the world who are doing phenomenal things. And our goal is to provide inspiration and information. You're on air in the ladies room. All right, y'all. We're in the ladies room with Elena. Hey. I wish you could see her right now because her (laughs) smile is so infectious. Oh, thank you. No, but thank you for being here. We know that you're a busy lady. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. Yes. No, we're really excited. So you are a personal trainer. You are an educator, Mm -hmm. a motivator. You're (laughs) also a, a lupus warrior. Yes. So let's start there. Okay. When were you diagnosed with lupus? I was diagnosed with lupus in September of 2012. So a few years now. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. What did you have any signs before? Like what led up to the diagnosis? So it's interesting because you never really get diagnosed immediately. So you have a couple of different symptoms um, that happen first. And um, once I was diagnosed with everything, I realized that I had symptoms since I was really young. So to start, when I was really young, I used to get like these big like knots on my face. And my mom used to always think, like, oh, maybe you're outside playing, you were sweating too much, you got too hot. And so, you know, you didn't think too much about it. Um, I remember in the fifth grade, um, I had, I remember I was brushing my hair, and the whole middle section of my hair came out. Like one big clump, and it was clean. So we went to the doctors, and they said, oh, I have eczema. So and it wasn't uncommon because my sisters had eczema, my cousins had eczema. So it's kind of like, all right, that makes sense. Um, and so you have little symptoms all along. Um, it wasn't until 2000 and the end of 2011 when I started getting symptom after symptom after symptom. And so uh, what brought it all, what culminated all was I was at work and I was sitting at my desk and my foot started to hurt. And so I remember me thinking like, did I hit it? Did I stub it? Anything. And I was like, nope, I don't, I'm not sure why. Throughout the day, it started to hurt more and more. Um, so it got to a point where I took off my shoe and my foot started to swell. Um, I remember I got up to go walk and I started limping because I couldn't put any weight on my foot. So, um, I remember my, my boss at the time was like, you know, what's going on? I'm like, I'm not sure. Like, it's just bothering me, but I didn't think too much about it. I just thought like, I'm sure I hit it at some point. Um, by the end of the day, I could barely walk. I couldn't, I like was dragging my foot to the door and a walk that should have took me maybe like three minutes to get to the front door took me almost 20 minutes. I literally could not put any pressure on it. Um, So I remember I I got to the car and I was going to go teach a class (laughs) and I couldn't, and I was, I was riding with my business partner at the time because I was like, I'm not sure what's going on with my foot. I can't drive right now. And so I was like, no big deal. I'll come pick you up. Great. So we go, we teach the class and I can't stand. I'm sitting in a chair. So by the end of the class, I remember we're like, we're just going to go to urgent care and get it checked out. You know, maybe I fractured it. I'm not sure. So they say, I go to urgent care. They run all these tests, and they're like, we think it might be tendonitis, but it could be something more, so we're going to have to send you to the ER. And I remember they wouldn't let me drive, so they had to send me by ambulance. <laughs> and so I had to go to the emergency room um, that way. And I remember thinking in the back of the emergency in the uh, ambulance, like, 
this is crazy. Like, I'm not connecting any machines or anything like that. It's like, I'm just holding my foot, <laughs> but I have to ride an ambulance to go. <laughs> so, anyways, we get there, and they're like, yep, we're sure it's tendonitis, but we're going to put you in a cast um, until you can get an appointment because uh, you don't have to go to, like, physical therapy. All right, that's fine. I was in a cast for a month. Wow. A month before I could actually get an appointment before all the insurance and everything else. Um, and I remember when I finally went to go and had this appointment, um, she's working on the foot that was swelling with my left foot. And as she's working on that one, my right foot starts as well as she's working on it. And she's like, this is not tendonitis. you got to go back to the doctor. <laughs> so um, at this point, I went back to the doctors. Um, and they're like, all right, um, you know, we'll have to figure out, run some more tests. But by this point, I was, getting, I was in so much pain. So my foot was in pain. It, was, it stayed swollen. It never went down. Um, at this point, my elbows were starting to swell. Um, my shoulders were in pain, my knees. Um, so I could barely do much of anything. And I just remember, like, I'm, I'm not sure what this is. Um, they tested me for every disease imaginable. First, it could have been uh, Lyme disease, could be MS, it could be cancer. So I had blood drawn every couple weeks um, until they could figure out what it was. So, um, and to get an appointment with a rheumatologist, it's tough, right? It takes a, a long time because they're so booked. There's not that many of them, you know. So um, as I was going to the doctors, because I was in so much pain, they had me on a lot of pain medications. And so that was fine. You know, after a while, I was able to kind of, like, move a little bit more, walk a little bit more. I still had crutches in, uh, in the cast uh, on the boot on my foot. But I remember the week before I had to go um, and have my appointment with a rheumatologist, the doctor says, all right, we need a rheumatologist to see you with like raw with nothing, right? So no more pain medicines, no more anything. So I was like, at this point, because I had been on it almost for about four and a half months at this point, I was like, all right, you know, no big deal. I'm sure I'm just used to it now. The first day, it was kind of like, okay, cool. The second day, I was like, ouch. The third day, I was like, what is this? The fourth day, I couldn't move. Wow. Like, I couldn't get up and down the stairs in my house. So I remember my brothers had to come over. They would carry me. My mom had to bathe me. Like, it was... A mess, <laughs> but um, I was finally diagnosed. Um, altogether, it took about six and a half, seven months before they could diagnose me and tell me that you do in fact have lupus. Mm. So that's the story. <laughs> yeah. Was that a relief though to finally know? You know, once you figured out, because I didn't know, it was definitely a relief, right? Um, because you didn't know, you have so many thoughts that go through your head. Like, is this it? I started doing the will. Um, I was like, okay, so I want this person to have this person. I want to make sure my mom's good, you know, make sure my brothers and sisters are good, my nieces and nephews. Um, what else do I need to make sure I'm taking care of before? Because I don't know what's going to happen, and nobody knows what's, what's happening. So it was definitely a relief. Um, but it's interesting, when I got diagnosed and they finally said, okay, you have lupus, I had only heard of lupus one time. So I didn't know what it was. So I remember me looking at my doctor saying, like, okay, so what pill do I have to take to get rid of it, you know, to be done? Could be like the flu, whatever, you know. And she, I remember she looked at me and she was like, no, you're not going to get rid of it. You're going to have this forever. And that's when it's kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> you know? And so that's when we had to do I did like a lot of research. She gave me some like booklets and pamphlets and things, um, support groups that there are around here. Um, so it was definitely a relief once she gave me the diagnosis. But then it was kind of like a punch because... I didn't know that I would have it forever. Like, mm -hmm. just tell me what it was, what medicines we have, and then let's just move on. So, but to say, to boil it down, it was definitely, definitely a relief, yes. <laughs> How did you adjust to this 
basically it's a new normal. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so that took a while. Um, I remember when I first was diagnosed, um, I was told the business that I'm in, I have to be active. Like I have to, <laughs> you know, so I don't have the choice to just sit down or just, you know, whatever. But they told me you probably won't work again. Um, you'll probably be on disability. Like everything they told me about it was just doom, 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 you know. So at first, when they first gave a diagnosis, I was kind of like, man, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm still young, like. I thought I was young, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, what do you mean I'm not going to make it work? Like, I went to school so I could go, so I could work, you know? I want to have a certain lifestyle or whatever, and you're telling me I can't have this. You're telling me that I'm basically supposed to just sit home and just kind of like just wait it out. So, but when I got, when once I was told that, I was talking to uh, my best friends, I was talking to my family, and they're like, no, like, that's that's not acceptable. Like, I don't care. You may have to adjust. You may have to change. But you're not just going to sit around. And so they let me have a pity party for... When I first got diagnosed, you had a pity party for, you know, a couple of days. Because it was new to me. It was new to my mom, my family, you know. And then after that, they were like, okay, that's it. So what's the next plan, you know? So I definitely have had to adjust. But I think it's it's good. And my normal is actually what I thought was going to be, like, uh, doom and gloom. My new normal has actually been a lot better than I could have ever imagined, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. So. And it's not even in your character to <laughs> sit down and I don't know how to sit down. No, you don't. You really don't. So I don't even think if you tried to do that, I don't even yeah, think that you could you know, do that. It's like, even now, if I have like a little bit of free time, I'm thinking like, what am I supposed to be doing? I shouldn't have any time right now. I know I'm not supposed to. So, yeah. So you were really able to, yeah. Talk yeah. A, mm-hmm. a little bit about what lupus does to your system and mm-hmm. how, how it affects you. So there's different types of lupus. The one, I, the type of lupus that I, type of lupus that I have is SLE, which means that my body, my uh, immune system attacks itself, and for the most part, it attacks my joints. So um, what that means is that I could be fine right now, and then later on, my body may feel like I don't know something doesn't seem quite right, so we're gonna attack it, you know, and it'll be difficult for me to walk. It'll be difficult for me to close my hands or open my hands or stand up or sit down. Uh, it's interesting because yesterday um, I was at work and um, I was sitting down talking to my coworkers. The end of the day was approaching. So we kind of like just, you know, talking about the day and what we went on. And I was like, man, my back, I got like this weird pain in this, weird. Within five minutes, I could no longer sit down. Like I had to stand up, but then I couldn't stand up all the way because my back was like mm. killing and so I spent the majority of the day yesterday kind of leaned over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I leaned over when I was talking to everybody, leaned over when I got home, leaned over. And, and it's interesting, but then, so I went to bed. I mean, I put, like, heating pads on me and things. I went to bed, I woke up, and I was like, oh, it's like I'm brand new again, you know? So, um, so the way lupus works is that it looks different on everybody. So for me, it attacks my joints, so it may be a time where it's hard for me to move. For someone else, I have a friend who has it, and she got up out of the bed. She went to go stand up, and she broke her foot. Mm -hmm. So depending on what it attacks, how it attacks, what it does, it's going to look different on everyone, which is why it's so difficult to diagnose it until you have a a couple of symptoms and you have to do um, some blood tests and things like that. And you have to have them all at the same time. Because a lot of times you'll have the symptoms, but you may only have one here or one there. And they may be so spread apart that they'll diagnose you with something else because 
you don't know. But once you have all of them together, and once they're together, then they're doing like the uh, like getting you know testing your blood and things like that. Well, now they can say like, oh, this is what it is. But when it's just one symptom at a time, it could be just uh, what they told me one time I had adult acne, or it could be eczema. Because together, it's, it can be lupus, but apart, it's something else, you yeah. know? So. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how has this changed mm-hmm. your your life? Because this is, you know, <laughs> like we said, you said it was a, a punch, yeah, you know? Like, how, sure. how did that change just, like, your your life, your outlook, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know? I think that one of the things that does help me to do is appreciate um, life more, mm-hmm. um, not take it for granted, appreciate the people in your life, um, appreciate to me it's like I, I push for positivity and so I need now I need more positive people around me because there are going to be days where I can be negative enough by myself I don't even know how <laughs> you know but that's when it's important to have people around you that are going to push you and motivate you and say alright you got 20 minutes to be upset and after that you got to come up with a plan you know um, so I think that that's one way where it has changed because you just appreciate things more um but two, you, I had to adjust my life a little bit more. Um, whereas I have always been able to come and go as I please, now there may be days where I have to cancel. And not so much because I don't want to go, but it's because I physically cannot go. Um, I, am, I do get more fatigued than uh, I used to, so I'll need to rest more. So although my day is pretty packed, I always have to take out at least 30 minutes where I just sit and I just do nothing. No phone calls, no meetings, no, none of that stuff. Just sit. That's a good advice <laughs> you know, for all like, of us. I think that everybody needs that though, yeah. you know? I need that time. So, and sometimes it may be early in the morning. Um, sometimes it's in the middle of the day. Sometimes it's later on in the evening or whatever, but you have to have that time. And that's another thing because I can schedule. I say, okay, at this time is when I'm going to take this time for myself. And then my body's like, nah, you're going to take it right now. <laughs> like, okay. So you got to learn to be a little bit more flexible too. Right. And so I had to learn to be flexible with myself. And in turn, it's helped me to be more flexible with other people too. Because before, it's kind of like, if we set up a time and you cancel, like, which, why? You know, like, we, you knew when we, we had an appointment. We knew we were going to do X, Y, and Z. But then when it happens to you and you have to be the one canceling, it's kind of like, okay, I'm so sorry, but I apologize. But I'm going to have to cancel today or I'm going to have to postpone or push it back or... You know, so I've, it's helped me to also be more patient with other people, too, in addition to myself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think, so you talked about, you know, having people around you who motivate you and right. help you. And you're that to so <laughs> many people. Oh, thank you. To <laughs> so many people. And so that obviously plays into the fact that you're a personal trainer mm-hmm. and that you do literally, y'all, she is a drill sergeant. <laughs> At these boot camp classes, she is no joke. But how are you able to... Mm-hmm dedicate really your life to fitness when you have a disease Mm -hmm. that can be debilitating yeah I think that the fitness is what has helped me though um because it's easy for me to just say let me not say it's easy it could have been easy for me to say all right just forget it whatever happens happens and but I think that being active and being active consistently has helped me so so much um even if I when I go to the doctors a lot of times they're like wow like, wow, you're doing all this. Wow. You're the, even with the medicines that they give you, right? At this point, I should have been ballooned up. Like, no. I, and, and there may be months where I'll take the medicines and I'll gain 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. There was one time I, took the, I had to take some of the medicine because I was fighting a flare. And in eight days, I gained 12 pounds. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so being active 
helps because it's kind of like, yeah, right now I have this extra weight on me, right? But I know that give it a couple weeks, give it a month or two, I have it off again, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so it helps me um, to stay more positive. It helps me to feel better because even if I have the extra weight, right, I know that I'm working out and I feel better after. Even if I haven't lost a pound, I still feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to me, sometimes it's kind of like, it's all good, you know? It, no, I'm not where I want to be, but I know that I'm doing everything that I can right now to get there. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just keep on pushing. And even if I don't ever get to whatever my goal weight is, my goal body, whatever, I know that I've done the work to get there. And I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm certainly okay with that. But also, I think that exercise, it helps me to stay in a better mood, mm-hmm. right? So when you exercise, you know, it releases all the endorphins and all the, it releases all that stuff so that you feel good, right? So... Who doesn't want to feel good? So when I'm feeling bad, I may say, hey, I'm going to go for a walk. I may not be able to run, but I can walk today. Mm, right. <laughs> so I'm going to walk. And by the time I'm done, I feel better. And the days that I can push hard and I can do jumping jacks and I can go run and I can do sprints and all this other stuff, I'm going to do it. But on the days that I can't, I do what I can. Mm-hmm. And so there may be some days where my legs like, we got to rest today. Then I work my arms. There may be days where my arms say, we got to rest today. Then I'm going to work my core. And sometimes it may just be me talking sometimes. I'm going to work my job, whatever. <laughs> Either way, something's going to work out today. <laughs> and that's why you're always in a good mood, I feel like. Because you are staying active. Mm-hmm. And you weren't even always in fitness. I no. know when I first worked out with JT, you told uh-huh. me your story. Yeah. And I saw the picture. I'm like, oh, okay. If she At can all. do it, I At know that I I wasn't can. even thinking about it, you know. <laughs> I tell everybody, like, you know, fitness was the last thing that I thought that I would be doing. Right, so I went to school, I was like, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be a teacher and that's just gonna be that and then and then life happens, you know? So it came a time where I had to come back because my dad passed. And it was it was at that moment that I looked around and I thought, Man, he passed because he had heart disease. So he had a heart attack when he passed. And a lot of it was based on some of the foods that he ate. And the same foods that he was eating, the same foods I was eating, <laughs> you know? Same food my mom, my brothers and sisters were all eating. So when I looked around, it was like, I'm overweight. My family's overweight. Well, my sisters and my brothers, they've always been active and back into sports and things like that. But, like, I was overweight. My mom was overweight. My sisters were overweight. I looked around my extended family. I have cousins and aunts, you know? And we all grew up eating the same foods, right? And so, and being... And some of us have been active, but the foods that we eat, it plays such an important role in how we look, how we feel, you know, what uh, diseases or whatever we have to face. And so I'm, I'm really big on... Now, don't get me wrong, I still like to eat. Mm-hmm. I do. And I, <laughs> I love do, that right? I do. About yeah. That. yeah. I, I won't lie. I tell people all the time, like, listen, I will now say eating the whole cake, I'll eat a piece, but I'm still gonna have some cake. <laughs> right. You know, I may not eat a whole bunch, but I still want some. I want some cookies, I'm gonna have some cookies. Um, but I know now how to portion it out. I know what my goal is, I know about how many calories I wanna have, I, I know how much sugar I need to have in a day, I know how much water I need to drink. So Yes, I can still enjoy food. I can still enjoy life, but I just do it in a different way now. And so, for me, that's one of the issues, that's one of the things I really, really want people to understand is that life can be enjoyable, food can be enjoyable, you know. But don't um, how to say live to eat, eat to live, one of those. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's kind of like saying like don't let it consume you, you know, and don't let the food, the choices that you make and the foods that you eat control your life, control what happens to you, control what diseases or things you put yourself at risk for. 
you have that power. You have it right now. You can change it right now. And so that's what my goal is because when I look, when I came back and before I got into fitness, it was more or less like I want to eat and that's it, <laughs> you know, or I, I'll eat until right now. I tell people eat until you're satisfied. You don't need to eat until you're full. And there's a difference. But I used to eat till I was full and then I was beyond full. And I was still eating, you know. <laughs> so, so my goal is I, I want everybody to enjoy it, have a good time, have fun, you know. But just make sure you're making better choices, and making sure that the things, the choices that you make now, and the foods that you eat now, is not going to hinder you later on. And sometimes that later on could be close to you think, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. So that's one of the the goals that I have, you know. Yeah. What's it like for you? Um, just knowing that you're part of this movement, HQ Fitness, <laughs> yeah. and you're helping people change their lives. What's it like when you see, you know, a client mm-hmm. make that transformation, make that I change? F- it's amazing. Like, I feel I feel so happy for them, you know? And I tell them all the time, even if I wasn't a part of your journey, the fact that you're doing it, the fact that you did it, I'm, I'm ecstatic for you. I love when I see, especially when people come in, right, to our classes, and they feel like, I can't do this, I can't do it. And then you see them do it. And then they see that they can do it. And they're like, I did it. I'm like, yeah, we see you, you know? Like, that's it's an amazing, amazing feeling. To see people when they hit their goal, like, say I have someone who says, okay, my ultimate goal is I need to lose 60 pounds, right? I want to lose 60. My doctor said I got to lose 30 because I'm pre-diabetic or I'm at, you know, I have all these different issues, right? But my ultimate goal is going to be 60 pounds. Okay, pop, great. So we'll break them up. You're going to lose 10 now, then 10 later, you know? And then you see them hit that first goal. Man, the feeling is over. It's, it's overwhelming. And it, it, when you see them and they're happy, it encourages you to keep going. And it encourages me, too, because there's still going to be days where I'm like, I don't feel like going to gym today. I want to just sleep. Or, but then I think about them. I think like they hit their goals. I want to hit my goals, too, you know. I told them that you have a goal. I have a goal, too. And so when I see them hit their goal, and then I see them hit their next goal and the next goal. I had, we had someone who in our class, when they first came in, they were in like a hover round. And to see them move from that, to coming in with a cane, to coming in one day, she said, I'm not going to use it no more. Coming by herself, and now you see her running. Ooh, That's am- yes, it's amazing. Girl. I'm happy for them. I'm happy with them. Like I, like, I share that same excitement, that same joy, because, like, you did it. You know what I mean? Like, you did it. We had someone who, at one point, she had a stroke, and so she came in with an aid, and she came in, like, with, um, like, a walker. And then one day she came in and she says, I'm going to have my aid, I'm going to have my cane. And it was nice to see the people in the class, they took her cane and bedazzled it up for her so it could look cute. You know what I mean? Like, who doesn't want to look cute? I don't care what you got, but I want to look cute. Yeah. You know? So it was nice to see that. And then next time, you know, a, a while later she came in, she had no aid. And next time she came in, she had no cane. And then later on, as time went on, you see her running. Like, that's an amazing, mm-hmm. amazing feeling. Like, you did that, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, in the fact that you allowed us to have just a piece of that, it does, it's, 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 uh, it's overwhelming sometimes, you yeah. know, you know, like, it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. It's so awesome. And y'all's positivity, I think, obviously helps so <laughs> much, just in the class mm-hmm, and to really mm-hmm. get people motivated and your personality. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I always say that like, we always try and push what we wanted to see. Yeah. But before I was even into fitness, I had memberships at gyms. But when I went to the gyms, they wasn't looking like me. I was like, y'all already in shape. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I'm coming in here with sweatpants on and hoodies and everything else. And y'all got little shorts and sports bras. I'm like, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I always say, like, I want to give what I've always wanted. So I wanted people to, to invite me in. I wanted to feel like I belong. 
So our ultimate goal is to make sure that everyone always feels like they belong, to know that they belong, because they do. And to know that no matter where you are in your journey, we're all on a journey. We may be in different places, but we're all on the same journey. We all have some of the same goals, and we're all going to hit our goals. We're just going to work. We're going to help each other out and work and work at it and work hard to get there, you know, and have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Yeah. You need to be a life coach. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. Let's, let's that's my goal. That. Yes. That's that now. Yes. No. No. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so your question. Yeah. Question? Your, your question, Iris. Girl. <laughs> what advice would you give your younger self? My young, oh, that's a good question. Isn't it? That's good. <laughs> My younger self, you're worth it. Mm. You're worth it because growing up, I was part of a very loving family, you know? But sometimes you still question whether or not, like, I mean, you still go through, I would go through some of the same issues that young girls go have gone through, you know? You know, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I'm pretty enough. My hair is not straight enough or long enough or whatever the case, right? And so as a result, you start to, before someone else can say it, I've already said it to myself. I've already said I'm not good enough. I've already said that it's not worth it. i already said don't even try. Forget it, you know? And so to my younger self, I want my younger self, I would have wanted her to know that you are worth it and that you can do it. You have the brains. You have the beat. You have it. You have it. Stop being afraid to shine. It's okay. Because it's interesting. I recently had a conversation with one, a good friend. And it was like, you know, I, I've always been like book smart, but I've also hid behind the books. And I never wanted to be too smart. And I never wanted to stand out. And so I always felt like I was in the room, but I would always kind of push myself back. So I, was, I didn't stand out. And I should have. And I wish I would have. And so to my younger self, it's okay. You're yeah. worth it. Do it. Shine. Go for it. Shine. Yes. Shine and, you are and stand shining. in it, you know, and yes. stand in it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so. definitely. So if people want to find you and get all this motivational mm-hmm. goodness <laughs> and workout tips, things like that, where do we look for you on social media? Okay, on social media, you can find me at the um, H2Fitness. Uh, it's our business page. Um, I'm Lady H2Fit on uh, Facebook as well as on Instagram as well. Okay. Um, and on Twitter. I'm still learning how to work Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm over here struggling yeah, with that a little you, bit. You tweet sometimes. It's, all, it's always I do. connected to your Instagram. I'm See what like, happens okay. is it just pushes over. But the other day, one of my friends, Lauren, yeah. she helped me figure out how to work Twitter. Yes. So I said, okay. Yes. So I said, I'm getting out specifically for her. Okay, okay. No, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. you. Much. I you appreciate are so it. You shine and you motivate so Thank many you people. So You're much. touching so many lives. I so, appreciate Elena it. Elena Hughes, find her on social media. Thank yes. you so much for coming to the ladies. Thanks for having me. Let's keep the conversation going. Connect with us on social media using the handle on air TLR. And of course, if there's a lady you'd like us to interview, just let us know. We'll chat again soon in the, the ladies room. room.